At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome back to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again, another game day edition of the HHC Hornets versus Raptors tonight at Spectrum Center, and for the first time, we will have tickets sold and fans in the building, 15% capacity. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a recent piece in the Charlotte Observer spotlighting who Scott Fowler of the Observer thinks is the most important player to the Hornets' playoff chances. Might not be who you would have thought it was. Also, Gordon Hayward posted a blog talking about his first few months in the Queen City. We'll talk about that as well. And we'll do so with Stan Norfleet of WFNZ and a part of our Hornets radio network coverage as well. Stan making a return appearance here on the Hornets Hivecast. Good to have you. Mr. Farber, what's going on? Hornets fans everywhere. How's everybody? Hope everybody's feeling fantastic. Hopefully a bit rested after the All-Star break. The team certainly needed it. They looked a little rusty, to be honest, in the win over Detroit, but they got the W at the end of the day. What are your thoughts as this team sets forth on the second half of the season? Well, I'm extremely thankful that the team is healthy, right? Nobody in the 10-man rotation showing up on the injury report. So uh, I'm thankful for that. Gordon scared me a little bit. He had a, a pretty hard foul, I believe, by Jeremy Grant on Thursday night. Uh, made me a little nervous, but he popped back up and, and finished the game out strong. So I'm thankful for the health. Clearly that team was rusty, Sam. I think you'd agree with me that we've seen better Hornets basketball than what we saw during that layoff. But they took care of business. Terry Rozier doing what he does. The scary Terry thing is real. This is one of the best clutch time teams. You've got all the numbers and metrics, I'm sure. This is one of the best clutch teams in the league. They proved that yet again on Thursday night. 
and they got a W against, let's be quite honest, a very bad Pistons team. They need to do a same against a depleted team in Toronto tonight. One of the players who's been so instrumental to being so good in the clutch has been Gordon Hayward. And before we get to his blog post, I want to talk about something that Cody Zeller said yesterday during media availability, and that was talking about clutch play and how, yes, they have multiple options, which makes them dangerous, but that Gordon Hayward, as their leader, as their best player, he's willing to defer to other guys who have the hot hand, or at least that's how I took what Cody Zeller was saying. And that's not always common amongst elite players. You do certainly have unselfish stars. LeBron James, you know, early through midway in his career, caught a lot of flack for quote unquote passing up the last shot when the reality was he was finding open guys and, and making the correct basketball play. But not every superstar is willing to give up the rock in those situations. The fact that Gordon Hayward is shows his unselfishness, I think, as a star player and also expands the capability of this team in the clutch. I would agree with you there. That has been a very pleasant surprise. You know, I wondered if when Gordon got that contract, right, would he force the ball or force shots to justify, especially in those clutch moments, to justify the deal. And I want to also give James Borrego credit in that capacity, Sam, because Borrego apparently has given the team the green light to, hey, look, man, move the ball. Whoever's night it is, let's use that to our advantage. Terry has developed the reputation for knocking it down. I heard Dwayne Casey's comments from the Detroit game on Thursday night that they knew it was probably going to go to Rozier. But some nights it's, it's Gordon. Some nights it's LaMelo. Devontae has been clutch. PJ has had his moments. That was a crucial jumper from him with about 2.22 on the clock in the fourth quarter on Thursday night. So, yeah, kudos to Gordon Hayward being the elder uh, statesman, the one that's making the real money. I should say the big money. They're all making real money. And being willing to not allow his ego to get in way, be selfless and defer. But I got to make sure I get Borrego in on that to set the tempo in that respect. He has been spectacular in those situations. We'll definitely have many more podcasts about that. Let's talk a little bit about Gordon Hayward's blog post yesterday because a lot of great stuff there. I'd certainly recommend you reading it. He posted it on his social media accounts. Yeah. He said part of the reason to come to Charlotte was he wanted a bigger role. He wanted to, you know, maybe have the chance to defer to other players in those clutch time situations you know it's one thing to say well I I don't need to take them all but it's another not to be asked in the first place and with this team you know Gordon Hayward is always going to be amongst those top two options when it comes to those end of game situations and he talked about being aggressive getting downhill things that He's done very well for this team over the course of the season. They've certainly had their ups and downs. They've had their bouts with injuries. But night after night, this team can depend on Gordon Hayward to give minimum 15 upwards of 30 time and time again and just be a reliable option. And while he showed a little bit of rust with the jump shot, I thought, against Detroit, he was still a solid scorer and clutch from the stripe, 8-for-8 from the free throw line in a one-possession game. And that's that veteran experience, right? Guys know, and when you hear, you know, the, the old timers talk about what they had to do to sustain 
a level of excellence. It's not just about getting your shots up. It's about knowing your shots on the floor, getting to your spots to get comfortable, reliable, high percentage shots for that individual player. It starts to, you know, playing chess when everybody's playing checkers, so to speak. And you can see that in Gordon's game. I saw something today, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that Gordon Hayward is leading this team in points in the paint. Extremely very efficient there. You talked about the free throw line. There are nights where he gets that three ball dropping, and we know that he can do that. He's aggressive at points when he needs to. But I want to come back to something you said. Because some people may hear conflicting messages. Wait a minute, guys. You're saying he came here because he wanted to essentially be the alpha dog, but yet we're celebrating him deferring to guys that are, you know, on fire in that particular moment or in a groove and in rhythm. Well, I think that's the mark of a star. I think that's the mark of a guy that understands what it is to be a leader, right? To be a leader means sometimes you have to prop others up. Gordon knows he can fall out of bed, Sam, and get 20. He's not worried about getting his points. He wants to get other guys involved, and that's how you ride longevity in an NBA career. When you don't have to expound so much energy night in, night out, it feels camaraderie with the group. Clearly, this team trusts each other. They love each other. I've been seeing all the social media stuff. It made Sports Center. Terry getting smacked in the back of the head by, by Biombo. And so they're having a good time with one another. We've heard LaMelo comment on just how cool these guys are to be around. And they've got something special going on over there. And Gordon Haywood is is at the crux of what they're doing over there from an identity standpoint. The last thing I wanted to bring up from the blog, and there's a lot of good stuff in there talking about you know how youth of this team is not an excuse in a variety of topics. But the last one I wanted to talk about was the goals. And I think at the start of the season, most people looked at this Hornets team from the outside and said, you know, if they make the playoffs, that would be a tremendous job, meaning just getting in the top 10. And Gordon Hayward, based off that blog, the way I read it, seems to set the bar at we want in that final eight bracket. And to get there, we want to be in the top six so we don't have to worry about any play-in games. We, we don't want to go to Dayton, so to speak, yeah. for the NCAA tournament. You know, the team has, it's a 500 squad. We want to celebrate that because it's been a while since the team has been in a postseason position. But quite frankly, 500 is, is average. And this team has higher goals than that long term. But for the moment, they are in complete control of their own playoff destiny. And top six is a very realistic bar to set, and it's just good to see that the team's leader is putting the expectations there and not hedging and saying, well, it would be good just to get into the the play-in game. He has high expectations. He's going to push this team. Yeah, and I love that. I saw that comment as well from Gordon. And again, that's just a veteran that has played in real playoff games and series. And I think Gordon Wright, he knows the league. He can see the landscape of how this thing could shake out. And you don't want to waste an opportunity, especially now finally that everybody's healthy and on the floor together and these rotations can be stabilized and take these 10 men into the second half of the season. You start off right three-game homestand. You got one under your belt. Certainly from an, an Eastern Conference opponent, you get a chance to do that again tonight versus Toronto, a team that comes in reeling, having lost three uh, their last three games in a row. But for Gordon, and, and I bring this up when we talk on FNZ, especially when Nick Wilson and I speak in the afternoons, it's okay to adjust expectations on the fly. We've asked James Borrego this same question as well. Like, Okay, you came into this thing wanting to be competitive, and you know Borrego saying better than most, right? He He's about process and development, right? And don't drop the sword. And we tease him for all the cliches, but 
He understands that you're still developing. Okay, but it's all right also to recognize that you're ahead of schedule. My personal expectations was this team would hover, you know, two, three games below 500 and knock on the door of the play-in tournament. I've adjusted my own expectations. I now personally believe this team could get as high as, and I think this should be the target, Sam. This team should be as high as trying to get that fourth spot to host a playoff series. But I am with Gordon. To me... Anything outside, I'd like to see that six spot, but anything outside of that play-in tournament would be a disappointment. I would love to see four, but I'd accept six spot. Much, much more to talk about here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We've got Stan Norfleet of WFNZ. Give him a follow at Stan Sportsman on Twitter. Coming up next, referenced it earlier, Scott Fowler of The Observer wrote a column talking about the most important player on the Hornets. We're going to find out if Stan was cheating and Googled it first or if he actually read the piece ahead of time when we come back here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Stan Norfleet of WFNZ, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. And it's time to find out, Stan, honesty is the best policy. Did you see the piece in the Observer from Scott Fowler in the last 48 hours now? Nothing but respect for our guys over at the Observer, including one Scott Fowler, who knows I'm a longtime reader and follower of his work. Didn't read it. Can't tell you what it said, but let's talk about the Hornets. I know more about them than I do about that particular article. Well, this will be a good quiz then. So he put down who he thought the most important player was in terms of the Hornets' playoff chances, their ability to have success here in the second half of the season. Who do you think it was? Or who would you say it is? I think Terry Rozier, along with Gordon Hayward, but I'm going specifically with Rozier just because the ball is in his hands much more and his tenacity on the other end of the floor. This team, as you know, Sam, that statistically, they started to fall back a little bit on defensive efficiency. We know when it gets playoff time, and then as you get late in the season, injuries mount, guys start pressing a little bit, superstars start cutting it on because they know there are playoff positions to be at stake here. We're going to need Terry defensively as well. I'm going to say Terry Rozier. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I I look at Terry, and we kind of know what we're going to get from Terry night in, night out, offensively and defensively. He's a fighter. He is scrappy. He is high energy, and he's always going to bring that, and it's just a matter offensively of, you know, is he the right call to take 15 shots on a night, or is he closer to 7 or 8, depending on how the defense is playing. But that's not who Scott Fowler put, and to your point, I think defensively this player has the biggest impact, or at least did, on the first half. He said P.J. Washington. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. And I think... I I can see that a little bit. Tell me more. Well, I think defensively, this is where it really sets in because, you know, one thing that we've seen from the guards for the Hornets, whether it's, you know, Terry Rozier's minutes or Devontae Graham in and out of the lineup due to injury or LaMelo Ball starter versus reserve, they're all, relatively speaking, similar heights. I know LaMelo's a little bit taller, but, you know, they're, they're all guards. 
and the issue for the Hornets tends to be when they go up against an elite center. The teams that have really had their best performances against the Hornets are teams like Utah and Philadelphia. They're just dominant in size, and oftentimes it seems to coincide with the Hornets not having one of their bigs. Either Cody Zeller or P.J. Washington both had long absences. But to me, if you're looking for a player who's a real barometer, wins to losses, you got to look at, well, where's the spread? And with P.J. Washington, there is one. Not so much in points per game, but in efficiency. In wins, he shoots 50% from the floor, 47% from three. In losses, he's 39% from the floor, 29% from three. And on the defensive side, he averages 1.5 blocks per game in wins, 0.7 blocks per game in losses. So I think Scott's onto something here. I think PJ has had a tremendous last couple of weeks for the Hornets, but he seems to be the barometer as he goes in terms of his efficiency, at least. So seem to go the Hornets. It's an interesting thought, and I can understand why Scott would, would make that assertion for me. And I totally agree, right? I think about, and you, you rattled off the teams, I think about a long team like Philadelphia. And there are others, Orlando, Vucevic, and, and those guys down there. So there are certain teams that, yeah, it can just be a matchup nightmare. And P.J., for me, and I appreciate you giving us the, the statistics there from an offensive standpoint, I need P.J. on defense. I should be able to pencil P.J. in every night for a double-double or thereabouts in points, but more so the rebounds and the blocks. I need him defensively. I personally feel like P.J. can start falling in love with that tray ball. He starts trying to shoot that long-distance deal a little bit. I need more consistency from him. That's the thing for me. I don't need 30 tonight and then 5 the next night. P.J., can you consistently give me 14 and 8, you know, 12 and 12, Sam? You know, can I get something in there where we know the, the, the mentality and the focus is on defense? We got enough guys that can jack up shots. We got enough guys that can do that. To your point, Cody Zeller and P.J. Washington from a frontline defense standpoint, that's really all we have, all due respect to Miles Bridges, need him on that end of the floor more than I do with the ball in his hand. I tend to agree. I mean, Miles brings a ton on both sides of the ball, but in terms of size, you know, things get very thin. We saw that in the first half. Cody Zeller goes down to an injury. All of a sudden, it's how do we figure out a way to stretch our big man minutes amongst these guys where, you know, we're, we're just thin at the position. And he, again, with P.J. Washington, what he brings on the offensive end in his three-point shooting, uh, he's been really, really strong in that regard. But defensively, I think, is where they felt his absence the most when he was out with injury and out due to health and safety protocols. So hopefully, knock on wood, these guys can stay healthy. I think, you know, overall, there's more depth at the guard and wing positions than there is at the big positions. So, you know, you don't want to lose anybody, but where could this team stomach to lose a player you know, I think you could make a serious argument, you know, if you we're just talking for a game or two here, you'd rather keep P.J. Washington and Cody Zeller healthy, given how the roster is constructed, than even some of your elite guys. Like, you know, you, you could work your way around having Terry Rozier absent for two games or LaMelo Ball yes. absent for two games than yes. you can with P.J. Case in point, Devontae Graham, outstanding player for the Hornets the last two seasons. He struggled to stay on the floor the last month and a half. The Hornets survived that. They didn't thrive in it, but they survived it. And so uh, we'll see how health 
plays a part. It certainly seems like it will in the second half of the season, which continues tomorrow. Hornets are going to be hosting the Toronto Raptors of Tampa for this season, and we're going to preview that matchup in a moment. Stan Norfleet with us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Hornets and Raptors tonight at Spectrum Center. First time all season tickets will be taken. Fans will be in attendance. We had 500 frontline healthcare workers from our fabulous partners at Novant celebrating them, all their hard work and efforts helping us all battle COVID-19 over the last year. And that was just a special thing to have so many people who are just heroes in the building And I'm sure some of them will be coming back, but there's also tickets that will be taken. 15% capacity. Hats off to Donna Julian, the general manager of Spectrum Center, and everyone on her staff and throughout the front office for making this a possibility and a safe one at that. Stan Norfleet of WFNZ with us. Stan, before we get to the particulars of the game, your thoughts on having fans returning to the hive. Well, I was absolutely elated that uh, Governor Cooper decided that uh, it was time and appropriate to open the state back up, which means that Fred Whitfield and, and Michael Jordan as chairman, and obviously Donna, who I know personally from my days over there working with the organization, she's done a fantastic job for many, many years now. And I have no doubt, and it may sound crazy, in an arena that holds, well, you know, 20-something thousand, it's going to be energized by adding. I noticed a difference, and maybe you did too, with the 500 frontline workers. Now, you you know, you've had six times that many people in, you get 3,000 and some change, and that can be the difference. All of these guys across the league have talked about, you know, different states having different rules and legislation. Like, all these guys are saying, man, just to have somebody else in the gym can give us a little bit of boost. And when you have a team that is relatively young or really young, in this case, third youngest team in the league are our Hornets, I think it can make all the difference. So I'm happy for the fans. They get an opportunity to get in there and see quality basketball, which all due respect, we haven't seen around these parts in a few seasons now. So I'm really excited and may just may make an appearance myself. It would be great to see you there, Stan. Great to see you in person. (laughs) And I think, you know, the operative word for all of this is safety. And that's really first. You know, we've all wanted to be able to congregate and be together. This is very anti our nature to be separated the way we have been. But it's kind of like saying, well, I hate holding an umbrella, but it's raining outside. So I kind of have to. You can say, well, I'm going to go run outside without an umbrella. You're going to get wet. And there's been a global pandemic going on. We've done what is safe because that was what needed to be done. And we've lost a lot in the last year. But now as we come to the other side of it, we see a light at the end of the tunnel. Want to make sure we're still being safe. And that's something that I tip my hat to Donna Julian. I mean, the list of protocols, they're longer than certainly what would normally be required of people coming in the building, but they're there for a reason. So please, everyone, if you want to be at the game, we'd love to have you. Go to Hornets.com to buy your tickets and make sure you're wearing your mask. Obey social distance protocols, wash your hands, and hopefully sooner rather than later we'll have the building full for a matchup like the one we've got tonight. And if you need a case in point that this pandemic isn't over, look at the Raptors. They got a handful of players that are not making the trip last we heard due to health and safety protocols. That includes OG Ananobi, young player out of Indiana who 
played very well against the Hornets earlier this year. Fred Van Vliet, who just got rewarded with that big contract by the Raptors. And, and Pascal Siakam, the former All-Star. So those are three guys that are not coming with Toronto. That's further starter, Sam. Yes. Further proof that this pandemic is real and needs to be taken seriously. But in terms of the impact of this game, what do you think this means for the Hornets looking at a depleted Raptors roster? Well, for me, it's going to be, don't get ahead of yourself. This is still the NBA, and that's still an extremely talented and more so a veteran roster over there with Toronto Raptors. They still have Kyle Lowry. Norman Powell has been excellent. He's having what I believe to be a career year. They bring Boucher, who will likely start. He had been coming off of the bench. He's shooting the three ball extremely well. There's still enough talent over there, and let's let's make it real simple. This Toronto team, even without those three starters, is more talented than the Detroit team that we needed a, a heroic effort by Terry Rozier on Thursday night to win. So James Borrego should not allow this team to get distracted. I don't think Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Cody Zeller, Bismack, the veterans on that ball club will likely echo those sentiments. Just go play Hornets basketball. Get your pace going. See who's got the hot hand. Ball movement, unselfishness. Let's tighten up on the defensive end. There shouldn't be any glaring mismatches here. But we know the Hornets have struggled with opponents shooting the three ball. That's the equalizer. That's the conversation that I'm hearing in the NBA circles that I talk to. You may be hearing the same thing, Sam. A lot of teams are living and dying by that three. When you don't have your aces, in this case, three of them, then you got to go to the three ball, look for Toronto to do that, and it's going to be how the Hornets defend that. Teams played twice earlier this year in Tampa, and the Raptors won both by three points each. However, it was a very different time. The, the Hornets were you know, not as healthy then as they are now, and maybe more importantly, LaMelo Ball was not a starter then, and he is now. Which of those two do you think is more impactful on this game, the fact that the Hornets are at full strength or the fact that LaMelo is playing a starter's role and starter's minutes? It comes down to me for health, right? It's got to start there. It's who do you have available? So I'm going to lean that way. That's no Snyder what LaMelo has been doing. I, I was very pleased to hear James Borrego just nipping in the bud right out in the presser coming out of the All-Star break. Look, Melo's our guy. He's the point moving forward. It made sense. It was time. And Melo has responded. Look, let's be clear. He is a budding superstar. I don't want to put all that on him yet. Clearly, he's the leading candidate for rookie of the year, playing extremely well. Played through some struggles and moments, right? That wasn't a pretty game for, for the Bugs at all the other night until we got into the fourth quarter and how they finished those last you know two and a half to three minutes or so. But it's about having bodies available, Sam. This team doesn't have the talent overall, top to bottom, to be void, whether it's P.J. We saw what it was like without Cody. And, yeah, we got through Devontae not being there and, you know, Terry being out and what he means to this team, being able to guard one through three on some nights, his value. So we need everybody all hands on deck, and we see what this team can do when you have that. They'll have them all, we think, tonight, unless something changes between this taping and tip time. Everyone appears to be healthy and ready to go. Hornets and Raptors tipping off at 7, and you can hear all the coverage starting at 6 on our flagship station, WFNZ, which is exactly where you can hear Stan Norfleet throughout the week, and you can also follow him on Twitter, at Stan Sportsman. Stan, 
Thanks so much for joining us today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, always a pleasure. Appreciate you inviting me, Hornets fans. If you can make it to the arena, get over there. We'd love to see you tonight. You know where to find us on the screen. Sam, keep doing a great job, man. Love what you work. Appreciate you, Stan, and appreciate all of you tuning in today. A reminder, we will have our breakdown of this one for tomorrow's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Make sure you're checking wherever you get your podcasts. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And in the words of LaMelo Ball, Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.